Mrs. Moxie, you're wanted in the studio, please. I'll be right there, darling. Yes, Well, good evening and welcome to Out in the Open with Mrs. Moxie, your monthly, what do we call it, check-in, just a, your monthly yeah. conversation <laughs> with Northfield's favorite drag queen, Northfield's Northfield's own drag queen, Mrs. Moxie. Hi, Mox, how you doing? I'm good, how are you, Rich? I'm awesome, thank good, you. Good, good. What's going on? It's cold. I'm ready for a vacation. How about you? Actually, no, you just came back from I vacation. just got I got back from Mexico and immediately the uh the temperature dropped below zero. Like yeah. as I was getting off the airplane. Serves you right. Karma. Right. Well, you know what? It was ten amazing days, so I'll just I'll take it. I know, I'm it's, jealous. It's, all right. Anyway. We're heading to the Dominican at the end of February. Are so you I'm really? Like so ready. Oh, fantastic. Yes. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Oh. Okay. So, so should we get to the show. This is going to be a very filled show and a very emotional. I emotional for me, I should say. Okay. This this segment is all about faith, religion, and spirituality, and connecting. Yeah. I am. Um, you told me we were going to do this, and this is a two parter, by the way. We're going to talk about yeah. it this month and next two parter. Um, you told me we we're going to do, and like, Max, you're you're biting off some some big topics right away. Last month we talked about sobriety. Yep. Uh, the month before that was, was about shows and family, yep. uh, and, and the religion. Are we going to like, just, are we, are, are we just going to like, like, like talk about all the great, uh, like metaphysical topics? We might. I mean, show? I love that. By we the way. also have discussed doing the whole show about laws and about queer people and oh, like what's going on in our country. And we already that. have talked about that and we have yeah. that set up and, yeah. you know, I love that. No fear. You have no fear on your show. I love take on the big topics, the controversial right. topics, right? I might as well get <laughs> right? it going, you I know. Love it. So, yeah, so today we're going to be talking to a good friend of ours, okay. uh Mia Franklin. And yeah, I just can't wait to have you all in, get introduced to her and learn about her yeah. work of Cool. Life and everything. So. But we always like to start the song off with or start the show off with a song and and uh this song First time I heard it was maybe the first time you and I even started really talking about doing right. anything. You sent me, this was the first song, you sent me all kinds of really I good do. music. Uh, this was the first song you ever sent me, and I'm like, oh, this stuff exists. Controversial. <laughs> this is great, yeah. I mean, I have I have fallen in love with this singer, and her name is uh, Mandy Seagal. If you're from Green Bay, correct me if I said that wrong. Yeah, Seagal. We're going with Seagal. We're going with Seagal, but it's called Holy Smoke, and the way I found it was actually on TikTok. Really? Yeah, I found it on TikTok, and I thought it was just a very interesting song because it talks about the religion aspect of it and everything, but also, like, you're not the one who gets to judge. Yeah. Well, that's I mean, the... I love the fact that she's also a Midwestern Green yeah. Bay gal. Yeah, like, me can too. relate to that. Me you know, too. Yeah. Um, Starts singing at age nine, so yeah. I think this song is very controversial but very informative i yeah i guess i don't even think it's all that personally at least i don't think it's all that controversial i, I think it's i think not it's, controversial to us right but probably controversial to those that practice yeah the religion right, no, like they're probably like mm. i i know you know i just think it's saying things that need to be said i 100 percent agree all right well let's just play the song yes all right this is uh mandy seagal with a really cool song called 
Holy Smoke, and you're listening to Out in the Open with Mrs. Moxie. I see your Bible's open, but your mind is closed. You're a sinner just like me, so why are you casting stones? When it looks a little different, you think you know what love is and So my prayer for you is that you can see right through all this holy smoke that you're blowing. You say my friends can't get to heaven and hell I'm not going. The word of God ain't a God you can point at everyone. Your hate is showing through all this holy smoke that you're blowing. No, there ain't nothing wrong with loving who you love. We're all cut from the same cloth, so who are you to judge? Just cause you don't understand it, don't mean you should reprimand it. What Jesus would do is what I'd like to see from you. Not all this holy smoke that you're blowing. You say my friends can't get to heaven, and hell I'm not going. Word of God ain't a God you can point at everyone. Your hate is showing through all this holy smoke that you're blowing. All this holy smoke, holy smoke. Yeah, we're all choking on your holy Mandy Seagal out of Green Bay, Wisconsin, uh, with with words of wisdom, called, yeah. a song called Holy Smoke. Yeah, she graduated from high school and literally moved to Nashville and right. just started her career. And yeah. I mean, when you have a voice like that mm-hmm. and the message, like, well, that was playing. I mean, Mia even said, now that's a line. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. a line. Right. She's and, uh, you, you, You've got that kind of insight at how yeah. old is she? Is she... I don't yeah, know. We don't know, but she's I mean, still pretty young. Though. Yeah, I mean, she's still pretty young. You got that kind of insight at, at, at that young age. I mean, you have right. to take that to, to Nashville Absolutely. or L.A. or wherever it is you're going. Absolutely. Um, without wasting any more time, I yeah, really yeah. want to bring her in. Yeah, Since she already too. has opinions about the song. I want to hear what else is going to happen <laughs> in this episode. So, everybody, this is uh, Mia Franklin. So hi Mia. Hey. Welcome Mia. Thank you. Thanks for taking the drive down here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. This is your first ever like podcast, radio, everything, right? But you're a huge fan of them. Love it. Listen to it all the time because I'm driving for work. Yep. Yeah. So since you're driving for work, let's get on that topic. Can you tell us what you do? Yes. So I am a interfaith hospice spiritual counselor is my official title okay yep and most people know us as chaplains but Mm. 
um, my org has that title just to make it really welcoming for really anyone who's coming on hospice with us okay. so that we're open to all, all paths and all religions and faiths. Very cool. Yeah. And me and you met, let's see, how many years ago was that? A few years ago. Yeah. Um, you're really good friends with my dear friend, yeah, Kylie. Yeah, Kylie. And Rich, you've heard me talk about Kai. I have. We um, lived together for many we, years. You yeah. were roommates, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Kylie and I have had many conversations about mm-hmm. faith and religion. Yeah. And um, when this episode, this two-parter episode mm-hmm. came on my brain and started getting me to think about it, you were one of the first people that I thought Aww. of right away. I was like, we need to get her on because yeah. to see your perspective. Sure. So um, tell me a little bit about your backstory. Like, how did you get mm-hmm. into the line of work and where'd you where'd you grow up? Yeah. So I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago, northwest suburbs. Um, and I started going to church kind of like as a middle schooler. It was I was invited to a youth group and it was really fun. And I. I really was looking for that like stability in my life. My parents had been divorced. We had kind of like a very just unstable environment at home. And if you don't mind me asking what religion was it that you were? So it was assembly of God. Okay. Yep. So Pentecostal Christian, um, very like expressive, very focused on the Holy spirit. Um, and I was really involved for many years, which led me actually to moving to Minnesota because I went to school at North central. Yeah. Very nice. Okay. Did you like what solidified to going to school for that? Like what made you really want to do this? Yeah. Um, so I actually didn't go to undergrad for really anything that has to do with like ministry. I was a teacher, so I did secondary education. So then I was a teacher. It's kind of a long path. But then yeah. I started working with kids and um, just really saw that I liked the mentoring part better than the like education part, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. And so then I wanted to go into youth ministry, had an opportunity to do that, okay. and then started seminary. Yeah. Wow. That's a journey. It is. It was definitely a journey for sure. Did you ever think to yourself, did I choose the wrong thing? When I was a teacher? Yeah. Um, I don't think so. I think a lot of people go into education because they like kids. They want to like make an impact. That was me. Like I knew since high school that I really wanted to just like work with students and you get into like the teaching and the education system and you get kind of disillusioned because it's really not about the kids so much. Um, So I was able to pivot. Um, I actually thought I was kind of in the wrong place when I had been working at a church for a while and I was like, ah, I'm like finishing seminary. What should I do? And that's when I was like, well, I'll just try like chaplaincy. And I did a residency at Methodist hospital and it was amazing. So yeah, I've had a lot of opportunities to pivot and just really find something that I love. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very cool. So if you don't mind me asking, can I let, let's dive into a little personal. So now, you are engaged. I am. Congrats. <laughs> Thank you. So, how Listen, excited she is. That's <laughs> I know. That's awesome. I there's, know. there's pure I joy know. in that little squeal. That was great. Right? If you ever need a flower girl, me and Kylie could totally double up on this. I'm just saying. Okay. This. Okay. Okay. Um, so, tell me about your fiance. Yeah. So, my fiance, her name is Keisha. Um, our two-year anniversary is actually coming up. It's next week. Very cool. Yeah. So, we haven't been together super long, but... We met on Hinge and um, 
we were just... plenty of fish. Yeah, <laughs> so nice. I get it. <laughs> That's great. Just That's for great. those that don't know, Mr. Yeah. Moxie is actually in the studio with us too. So we met him. Yeah, plenty of fish. So yeah. it's kind of a cool way, and I don't know how your experience was mm-hmm. with that, but really talking to each other and getting to know mm-hmm. pe- the person before you ever meet up totally. is so different compared yep. to meeting at a bar or something. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yep. Very cool. Yeah, so we're very excited. She is amazing. She um, newly works for a food shelf in Brooklyn Center. Okay. Doing um, fundraising, and we just have a lot of the same, like, values and, like, things we want to do with our life, and so that's really great. You both both have a very deep heart for the communities that you live in and stuff. Yeah, yep, yeah. And I think it's important to both of us, so that's kind of how we connected. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So if you don't mind me asking, when's the wedding? Um, September 14th. Ooh. Yes. This coming September? Yes. <sighs> Very exciting. Yes. That'll be awesome. Where is it going to be? Um, we're getting married at a nature center in St. Louis Park. Oh, fun. Yeah. Beautiful. Very Beautiful. Excited. Where? Would I, where you... It's called Westwood Hills. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. My wife's grandmother used to live right next to a nature center. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think it's might be the same. Mm-hmm. She would, she had this gigantic backyard and she would have deer in her backyard all the time. It's just, anyway. Yeah. Very cool. Tangent. Yeah. There yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah, it sounds like you have a great relationship and you love what you do and mm-hmm. you're there for your people and mm-hmm. everything. With being open and everything, do you ever see any negative in your line of work or how does your work respond to being your true authentic self? Sure. So, I mean, my workplace is super supportive. I'm one of like many queer people who work at my office and, um, I've just had like a lot of great responses about my engagement and it's never something that I worry about, which is very refreshing. Mm -hmm. Um, and when it comes to patience, the big thing is that it's not really about me mm-hmm. um, and I can definitely use who I am and like my skills and like my empathy in talking with them about their end of life process. Um, and yeah, it's, it's not something that I like self-disclose super quickly just because that's actually not the point of me being there to talk with them. It's kind of just about right. what they're processing. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. So when, if you don't mind me asking, when did you actually come out? So I came out, it hasn't been very long. It's been maybe a couple, a few years or a couple years. Yeah. So I was working at a church that was not affirming, um, and finishing seminary. And so I needed to really kind of finish that up before I started diving into my queerness. Yeah. And it was hard. I mean, like when you have a space that you're in that is your source of income that also could boot you really quickly if yep. if they wanted to, um, you kind of have to do what you have to do to get safe and get secure. And then, um, which is unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's really a very unfortunate, unfortunate thing that you have to think that way. Yeah. It was hard. And I mean, definitely like, traumatic like it took some time to be like trusting of co-workers and stuff like that for sure but it was just kind of what I needed to do to set myself up to be successful so yeah how did your family react it's mixed it's like split for sure um my mom and one of my sisters are super supportive and then I have other family members who 
um, definitely are more conservative and just like have met Keisha, but it's not super like there's not that excitement, there's not that response, and so you it's not like outspoken like homophobia, mm-hmm. but you can kind of like sense it's that it. underlying yeah okay like the hesitancy. I'm sorry for that. Yeah. That I it's mean, hard, and and that's part of. I hate to say it, it's so common. Yeah. And it shouldn't be. Yeah. It should be love unconditional mm-hmm. and it should be the excitement like you said, you know. Mm-hmm. But if they look at it as in, oh, she's just a person. Mm-hmm. It's just a person. Yeah, that's and what that's I say. Ki- yeah. That's kind of I'm gathering how they probably act. Like, oh, it's just a person. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which is very unfortunate. It should be this is someone you love and you right. want to spend the rest of your life right. with. So yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Can 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 I ask you? Sure. Um, you are very clearly uh, f- from a young age someone who who w- was a pretty religious, mm-hmm. thoughtful person spiritually. Mm-hmm. When did you start thinking? Hmm, I might I might not be straight, and and then <laughs> the the question then becomes: How yeah, do you reconcile that with, sure. with with some of the the, the standard teachings of mm-hmm. the church? Yeah. So it was when I was working like in ministry and I honestly, I was trying to date men and it just wasn't working out. Like I tried to date men for a very long time because that was what was expected. (laughs) I'm also sorry for them. We're not not worth the effort. (laughs) No, 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 no. I mean, yeah. So it just wasn't working out and something was missing, you know? And then, um, I think I just started to kind of look around and notice women. And then Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, this is something. Mm -hmm. And definitely denial for some time because of just where I was. I think that's very common for queer people to deny their identity. It's, It's one of those, like, how do I put it, like, it's one of those trials. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, okay, I think I am, but you know what? Society says this. Or um, my father might feel this Mm -hmm. or my mother. or Yeah. yeah. And it's very much like, okay, how do I handle pleasing myself, but also pleasing others around? Yeah. And you're taught that it's a choice. And then, like, pleasing. Unfortunately. Yeah. And pleasing yourself is not part of, like, most Christian like cultures that's like actually the opposite of what you want to do so that was a huge point when i was like okay i actually need to do what's right for me Mm -hmm. and then i started to have more acceptance around it do you also think this is something that i realized once i started accepting myself i felt healthier oh yeah like our health and it's something that a lot of people probably don't understand but like because you're so um hate to use this cliche in the closet Mm -hmm. um you're so like boxed in or whatever that you almost don't even realize that you're causing such hurt to your own self to the point where you're not eating healthy you're drinking or you're doing Mm -hmm. you're using all these different things Mm -hmm. to To suppress and numb Mm -hmm. yeah it goes back to the sobriety episode um but that when you finally accepted yourself you felt a lot more healthy and more alive Mm -hmm. definitely more alive and for me it was like a process of just coming into who i was slowly now if i know right isn't your fiance also the first that you dated um first serious relationship that's what i was gonna say yeah for sure for sure i was dating women for like a year it's not that long but to me it was 
it was long. Dating is long, no matter how, (laughs) whether that's a month or two years or five years, it doesn't matter. It's it's a long time of dating. It's trying to learn each other's quirks Mm -hmm. and you know, getting to know people. So that's awesome. It is. We're each other's like first woman loving woman like yeah. serious relationship and long term and long term yeah. and it just happened you guys here. moved in pretty quick too didn't you it wasn't like you hauling no no but <laughs> no, my gosh she went there uh <laughs> the only reason why i say that is because we had similar situations me and yeah. mr moxie because we moved in at what what was it four or six months yeah like we, four or six months we moved sure. in sure we were i think we were eight months you were eight months which okay. is long for lesbians <laughs> <laughs> like really long oh my gosh you waited you, you did the, we did you did the yeah. wives thing we were, uh, we were adults about it right yes <laughs> i love i love that you can have fun with oh this yeah and just for really sure enjoy that. there's lots of just like stereotypes you know i'm a big believer in you know when you know and totally. and, and you don't yeah. even have to like have experience to know mm-hmm. wow that's a person yeah this is a person mm-hmm. i want to spend my whole life with mm-hmm. I mean, my, my my daughter got married a little over a year ago to her first boyfriend mm-hmm. right i mean the, the, and and it's perfect yeah it's, you, you know when you know yeah um i got questions uh, i want to ask you but you you, you know you ask away because well, i because it I, might lead into what i'm gonna ask i want to get into the whole religion thing well that's where i was yes. gonna right. go next but no one's gonna ask you this question if oh, i Jesus. don't oh sweet baby jesus mary and joseph <laughs> The, the, the cliche way to put it is tell us about your relationship with God, right? Nice. But like seriously, yeah. like like <laughs> there's a reason you wanted to do this show in the first place, right? Yep. Let's go, Max. Let, t- tell You're us all about it. You're going to make me cry, aren't you, today? Uh, well, you know, it's my this job. It's a safe space. <laughs> safe space. It, it couldn't be <laughs> a safe space. Thank goodness it's on radio. Yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness it's on radio. So... Kind of like Mia, I actually was involved with the church mm-hmm. growing up. Um, I did... What's it called? Acolyting. So you nice. light the candles, yeah. you do what, all that what, stuff. What de- denomination were you? I grew up Lutheran. Lutheran. Yep. Lutheran. Lutheran. Yep. CC. Okay. Yep. So it was um, a very much a family thing that we did. Mm-hmm. It was mom, it was grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle, cousins, everybody. We all had our own pew. And if yep. anybody took that pew, by the way, oh, yeah. ooh, <laughs> we were not happy. <laughs> <laughs> did you like going to church? I did before. I realized a lot of things about mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. Um, later on in my journey with faith and religion, um, I started teaching Sunday school, mm-hmm. which is oddly very funny because um, my drag sister Stacy mm-hmm. and I taught Sunday school together. That's so amazing. you had now oh you have gosh. two drag queens who have left religion and everything <laughs> who used to teach yes. Sunday school. Um, it was so funny. I shouldn't say it's funny, but it's I. The whole thing is there's something kind of, there. Yeah, correct. Totally. Yes. <laughs> um, but I, I feel a lot like Mia, and I correct me if I'm wrong. I'm very spiritual. I'm not religion. Mm-hmm. I'm spiritual. Like I meditate. Mm-hmm. I, um, you know, I I use sage and candles, and like I mm-hmm. I I take a moment and I just cleanse myself and things like that. And right. Right. That's where I'm at now, but mm-hmm. I left because I got, I, I saw what the church was doing and saw the hate they were spewing. Yep. Um, you have to get married to a woman. You have to reproduce. You have to do this. You have to. It was one thing after another. And Stacy, 
you know, maybe Stacy would have to come down and talk because she had a very different experience from our church than I did. Mm. She actually had a lot more hate towards her. Oh, gosh. Really? From my understanding, um, there was a youth pastor that really did not see Stacy for who she was or treat her. Was was she out at that point or... I don't think she was out, but like we both knew. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, because yeah. you're so such good friends, you knew. Oh sure. Um so and I really didn't start getting back into religion until I moved to Northfield. Hmm. And I'm like I said, I don't consider myself a religious person, mm-hmm. but our because this is a two part episode, we have another person coming on and mm-hmm. it's Pastor Cindy and me and her have connected. And if I ever have questions about faith I usually talk to her or guidance or anything like that. And her church is the one place I feel safe, which is Mm. irony of it all because we did the gospel show there. Right. And we had the most hate for outside. Okay. So you probably remember when we did the gospel show that you saw on social media, probably. Did you? I'm not. I don't know. Okay. Tell me. So, yeah, I was going to say, you have referred to the gospel show on this show a couple of times. Yeah. You've never really told the story, the detailed story about the gospel show. Would this be a good time to do it? We that? can do it. Are you okay with that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Go for it. So the gospel show, I was asked to be part of Pride in the Park the second year here. Yes. And I met Pastor Cindy and the people of her church um, in the park that day. And she handed me her business card. And she said, hey, I have an idea. And I would love to do a drag gospel show. Mm-hmm. And I... First of all, it caught me off guard. I was not ready for that because, like, mentally prepare yourself to walk back into a church. Yeah. Like, Mr. Moxie and I, we don't go to church. We don't go to Sunday service. We don't even go to Christmas. We've been to Christmas church once together. And (laughs) um, so, and that one service that we did was at Pastor Cindy's. Okay, cool. And when we did the gospel show, it was amazing leading up. Like, the planning, everything was great. The day of to see the Facebook feeds of hate oh. and the the comments, the letters, the write-ins, the the viral YouTube shows of these hatred people mm. who don't they just don't think we're human. We're yeah. um, we're abomination to society. We're um um what is it called? Uh, we're pedophiles or we're the the list goes on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I remember Stacy and I talking, my drag sister. It, we were at the at mine and Mr. Moxie's house and we were out back and Stacy was listening to the live feed from one of the haters. Mm. And I broke down. Mm. Cuz I didn't know how to feel and I didn't know what to say. Yeah. And I ended up walking away and I just walked down to the horses cuz our neighbors have horses and my friend Katie looked at me, followed me, who she's usually backstage with us and dresses mm-hmm. um, all of us queens and kings. And she looked at me and she said, what you're doing matters. Mm-hmm. What you have done has changed things. So no matter what today comes of, you've already done it. Yeah. Yeah. And you need to know you're strong enough because you are strong enough. God dang it, Rich, stop looking at me because I'm about to cry. Um, so to have someone look you dead in the eyes and tell you like you matter and what you're doing matters just like blew my mind. I mean, Mr. Moxie, he tells me that all the time. He does. <laughs> but like to hear it from an outside perspective, 
That's an ally. It's an ally. True ally. It's right. a true ally. Yeah. It's not just someone you love and share your life right. with. It was an ally. Yeah. And we went to the church. And when we pulled up, there was no protesters yet. But when we, after we got in and started like really getting ready, we looked outside and I saw the line of protesters. Yeah. And I was just. That's scary. It, it, it was very alarming for me. Yeah. Because I've dealt with protesters, and it was like three, four here and there. This was like 30 to 50 people, I would say. Whoa, okay. And, I mean, we made Northfield News. We are on, like, if I remember right, we're on a national list of um, protesters. So Mm -hmm. it's Minneapolis, Duluth, and Northfield now. Wow. On a national list of protesters for the year, what was that, 2022? I think it was the gospel show. Yeah, Um, that sounds right. So, and being in that church what I wanted to do for that show was really talk about all of our backgrounds mm-hmm. and why we all chose to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so after each of our first performance, every performer talked about why they wanted to be here mm-hmm. and what drove them to be part of this show, um, which is something very different for drag shows. Cause drag shows, you, you know, you do a number, you go to backstage, you change, you get ready for the next one. Yeah. One thing that I like to do as a producer or someone who runs shows is really connect with the audience. So I talked about sobriety. I talked about our religion. Stacy talked about the youth pastor from Mm -hmm. back in the day. And so my journey with faith has really changed over time since doing the gospel show. Interesting. Um, Because we had close to 200 people come to that show. It was a free event. Yeah. It was a community event and every single person, it, we had a standing ovation. Mm. Awesome. And to see a community like that really embrace people who are being true and authentic, mm. like you said, Mia, um, allies, yeah. that's a huge thing. Yeah. And yeah, so I guess that's my story All right. about the gospel show. Um, with faith and religion, though, um, came spirituality. Mm-hmm. Um because when you really look at religion, they all have something very similar. Mm-hmm. They all have a higher power. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, they all have some sort of worship, whether that's pray or meditation, things like that. There's a lot of things that they all have similarities to. The other thing that I, oh, me and your wife, Annie, have yeah. talked about this. I also tap into like crystals and yeah. Yeah. Singing bowls and like all these things. My wife's a straight up witch. Yeah. Yeah. And I love her for that. I love that. I I love that about her too. Yes. I really, really Um, But a lot of religious don't like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're Mm -hmm. scared of it. Yeah. But in reality, when you look at Christianity, Christmas trees, Easter bunny, they've all stole from pagan. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to elaborate on that? Because I don't know enough about it. (laughs) I mean, I think you're right. I think it goes into like the intersection between um, what actually is religion and Christianity and what actually is like American culture mm-hmm. when it comes to like Christmas, the holidays and stuff. And it's right. just what people are used to. It's what they mm-hmm. grow up with. And there are a lot of like weird double standards like that. For yeah, sure. that's a. You know, I by no means am I any sort of religious scholar at all. But but I did go to I you know I do have a degree from Saint Olaf College. That's got to give me something, right? Um, <laughs> as I understand it, uh, I, I like the point that it, American culture versus mm-hmm. versus uh, religious belief. As I understand it, you know, witches, 
quote unquote comes the, the idea comes out of the Wiccan faith, which is um, um, like the Druids and the the, the, the like the, the the people that like built Stonehenge and, 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 and the ancient ancient pagan religion, and there's a real deep connection with the earth, mm. uh, with, with in, in that and 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 you know. American culture has turned the whole witch thing into wicked witch and all, you yeah. know, all the pointy hat and the, the crooked nose and the flying and the yeah. broomstick. They made it into a negative. Yeah, yeah they well, did. Yeah. There's a lot of power in um, that connection to the earth yeah. and to energy. Yeah. And religion, we'll probably get into this, um, doesn't want people to have power because Correct. then they can't abuse them. So that's why people don't like witches. I mean, they they're some of the most energetically healthy people that I've ever yeah. met. Yeah. 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 That's because they have power. Right. And I also think, like you said, Rich, connecting with the earth, like mm-hmm. one thing that I like to do is actually like when I'm really having a hard time, I actually go out into our yard and I just sit mm-hmm. in the grass mm-hmm. or I sit next to water. Like I love standing in water because I feel grounded. I feel <sighs> connected. I yeah. feel those things way. and a lot of people don't get that they're yeah. like you look like a weirdo but the thing is you're actually connecting with your spirituality right it's not about reading a verse from a book it's right. you know and also if we're going to go down that road when we talk about you know christianity and other faiths and everything you have these books but they're they change over time yes like Every single religion book has had been edited and changed and modified. Mm-hmm. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Mia. 1946 was when homosexual was first introduced to the Bible, correct? I think you're right. I'll just say yes, you're right. <laughs> it was definitely it, recent. It was is, definitely is way that, recent. There's a whole movie about it coming yes, out. Yes, we just watched it. Did you? Um. Well, Where did you I watch it? Because I'm trying to find what it's it. Called. It's, it's like, 1946 is what the movie's called. Wait, I'll look uh, it up. We're, we're talking about... The Bible, the Book of Leviticus, right? Is that me? Yeah, I'm looking at sure, you. Sure, yeah. Okay. I mean, there, yeah, there are verses in Leviticus that supposedly reference homosexuality, but not. I, 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 I will be honest. It's yeah, been no forty years since I looked at the thirty years since I looked at the Book of Leviticus. So I, I you know, probably good. <laughs> Honestly, Mr. Moxie's doing some research for us over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here. I, Jump on my. Got it. Here, hold on. Mister Moxie's gonna jump on real quick and give us some tidbits about this. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if I should talk or not. Um, no, but it get close. Is, get close. I was just looking it up on Google here, and it is 1946 is the name of the movie, and it's okay. Yeah, and there's like a whole thing on Rotten Tomatoes, so like if you look it up, you can find more info about it. But yeah, it's uh. Yes, Pretty we watched this. Yeah. It's good. I really want to. It. It's a documentary. Yes. And it's all about debunking when the word homosexuality was introduced to the Bible. And it was actually 1946. Mm-hmm. And to think about that, 1946 is when that was introduced. Like, that's not that long ago if, in all reality. No. Correct. And I just, I think it's fascinating that people use the Bible as something to throw at you. And that's something that I struggle with, with religion is um, getting told, well, the Bible says it's a sin. The Bible says this, or the Bible says homosexuality is this. Like, you can't sit here and tell me that a book that was edited in 1946 to include this word is the word of the God. 
Because it was edited. Yes. By white, white. straight men. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing against them. Nothing but against them. Nothing against them. It's but, a perspective. But it's a perspective. And when you really want to sit down and talk about faith and religion, what was the bottom line that Jesus wanted? Mm-hmm. Love. He wanted love. Yeah. He wanted everyone to be loved, everyone to be seen. He dined with the prostitutes. He mm-hmm. gave money to the poor. He did everything. He was the walking person that looked at every single person mm-hmm. as who they are, not by who they marry, not the color of their skin, not not anything. Mm-hmm. So that's where I have a really big problem with faith and religion. You can have faith, whether that's spirituality or right. whatever, but religion, organized religion, yeah, that is what I have a problem with. And it's just wild because people use it as such a judgment tool. They use it as a tool, period. Yeah, and it's like... Why do you care so much? Right. Yeah. I I have some people in my life that are religious, but they are the most loving, compassionate, mm-hmm. understanding. They don't see color. They don't see gender. They don't see anything. They see someone who has a heart and who has love. That is what they see. Yeah. And like they always, like I have one person who said to me, the only person that can judge you is God. Mm-hmm. And if that's what you believe, that's great. Mm-hmm. I understand that. And I can get behind that. But when you tell me I can't do X, Y, Z because the Bible says so, that's when I have issues. Mm-hmm. Oh, Ryan wants to talk. <laughs> Mr. Moxie. <laughs> well, and I will just add in. Sorry, Me and Richard are trying to share the space and we're both bigger men. So it's tricky. <laughs> <laughs> um People need to, I think, study religion Mm -hmm. more um, before they start casting judgment because... None of us are perfect on studying that. I will give that. Like, in this podcast, I don't study religion and I don't... But I I do read up on it. Like, me and you have talked about it. Yeah. And I mean, as someone who has not only taken entire academic courses in religion, but then also taught it because I was actually a teacher and I taught world religions as Mm. part of a curriculum in my school. Yeah. Yeah, it It was pretty neat. But... It's, I think it's really important for people to remember to, you know, do a little studying, take a little time to put in the research as well, um, because the history of a lot of religions is super fascinating. Yes. But it also helps you to realize the differences Mm -hmm. between faith and religion. And when you see how things are structured and set up more, it gives you a much better perspective on is this something that is really like part of a higher power or is it just something that someone decided, well, these are the rules. Exactly. I'm I'm making them up. (laughs) Well, it's like, what's the end goal? Like, are you trying to connect to a higher power or are you just trying to insert yourself into a theology and into a like set of rules so that you feel better about life? And that's valid. It is valid. And I think that's where, Everybody can learn and grow, whether that's in your everyday life or in your spirituality or anything. Can I tell a quick story? Uh, When I was in college, um, I was I I was taking a taking a class on in in Islam, and uh, was not doing very well in the class. And God love him, uh, the prophet of that class 
saw something in me and knew that I wasn't like reaching my potential. Right. Right. So, so he, he brought me in and he, he, he sat down we talked for a while and he's like, you know what? You and I are going to sit for a half an hour every week and we're just going to talk about whatever. Right. And, and I'm, I'm so grateful to this guy because I learned so much in the, uh, so much came out of those, those conversations. But, uh, one of the things he asked me is, uh, you know, where are you with God? Mm. And at that point I said, I don't believe in God. And, uh, and, and he said, when did you make that decision? I said, I don't know, a couple of years ago. And he's like, what have you done with that decision since? I said, what do you mean? He said, what have you done about it since? I said, I made the decision. I don't believe in God. He said, it's not like that with faith. It's not like that with spirituality. Mm. You can't just decide something and then put it in a box, put it on the shelf and walk away. Spirituality is a lifelong process. And uh, what I've done with that decision since then uh, has taken me in about 18 different directions. But that's the thing right there. It's not, it, 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 spirituality is always. It's not a, linear. It's, oh, no, 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 <laughs> it's no, no. It's not linear. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's curly cues and up yeah, and down and back and forth. Um, but it's, it's something that, that as, a, as a human being, whether you want to admit it or not, you're always thinking in, 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 in spiritual terms, always, like fundamentally. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, so the people that just decide this is the way things are, without any growth at all, y- you're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's, well, and that's part of our society in general. We all learn from each other. Oh, there, there, there we go. <laughs> That's part of our society. We all learn from each other. Exactly. Like we all can learn and grow together. And you know, whether you believe or I believe or anybody, like it, that's your choosing and yeah. it's your your connection. Um I guess now I want to segue a little bit. With everything that we just talked about with religion and what's happened in our society and everything. How do you Mia feel about the current situation towards the LGBTQ community in society in our nation here in the US right now because there's a lot going on yes there is that is very alarming it is very alarming I mean I think where I start with that question is that as queer people we kind of have to have some ability to cope with the society we live in so I wouldn't like blame anyone or shame anyone for kind of taking time to tune out from like current events. I already have. (laughs) (laughs) I have seriously because I'll watch clips here and there, but I will not sit and watch the news. Well, I won't. Yeah, it becomes harmful to us and it really can get like lodged inside and can be very like hard for us to deal with. Um, On the flip side of that, Obviously, it is alarming. Like, I'm happy that I'm getting married in the next year. Like, who knows what that would look like in a few years here. Um, And we always have that, like, sense of vigilance. Like, it definitely adds... uh, You have to be ready, like, when you're walking around and when you're just doing stuff and you just have to be more mindful than people who aren't dealing with this. Isn't it fascinating that you actually, like, sit there and think, if I walk into this store, I need to know that I'm going to be safe. Like, I've had those yeah. moments where um, 
like we all know that I love a good project at my house and everything, but there's times where it's like, okay, I probably would never go as Mrs. Moxie into Menards. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I just wouldn't. I would be so pe- scared and mm-hmm. petrified and worried I was going to get beaten. And mm-hmm. that's the case in so many communities mm-hmm. and so many areas of our nation that, I, I mean, look at Texas. I mean, yeah. ooh, ooh. I mean, I am so afraid for not only the LGBT, but for women in general as yeah. well in those communities. If you are not a male, basically, in our society, a white male, let's put it that way, mm-hmm. um, you probably do have to watch out for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think when you get more personal about it, um, a huge part of my job is having empathy for people, kind mm-hmm. of wherever they're at with anything. So... Um, that's not really expectation. I don't think for queer people when it comes to like, um, discrimination or violence, but I think having a good understanding of like what fuels hate is like a very good place to start because I just see, um, these people who are protesting and these people who are committing acts of violence, it's, I think it's just an opinion, but it's kind of like their way of coping with the fact that they are still living in this patriarchal place. And when you see people who aren't living in that place, I think anger could be an understandable reaction. I think I find this, especially with older women that I work with, like most of the people I work with obviously are very old um, in their 80s and 90s. And homophobia for them is kind of this frustration that they had to go through something that, people who are living outside of that patriarchal world are never going to have to do. And obviously that's not our fault, but when I think of it that way, I can kind of at least understand a little bit. It doesn't excuse anything. Everybody's responsible for their own actions. But like you said, empathy. Yeah. And just understanding like where this anger comes from. I'm really glad that you brought that up because that actually to me is, uh, big source of frustration I think as well as I think when you see people who are discriminatory or prejudiced Mm -hmm. it is because they're coming from a place where they see other people not living like that yes and it to I could be wrong but I think it might be jealousy oh yeah you know even when you take really simple things Mm -hmm. like Mr. Moxie and I have chosen. Wait, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Just because I have a beard today does not mean I'm a mystery. Sorry, <laughs> Mrs. Moxie and I. <laughs> um, like we've chosen not to have children. Mm-hmm. That is an active choice that we've made with our lives, and we have gotten a fair amount of criticism for that. Mm. And it's interesting to me because. Sometimes as much as I try to understand like where that is coming from at the same time, I'm like, is it just really boiling it down to the fact that I get to come home and I have more freedom with my life and my schedule and I can do things that people with children can't. And I know that that may not exactly be apples to apples here, but I do feel like sometimes when people who are trying to conform so hard, And then they see people like us who are just like, forget it, you know, and we're going to make our own rules. And they're like, oh, maybe I should be trying to live my life more like that. Go ahead. Okay. The other thing I was going to say is I've even had people tell me that it's selfish. 
what is to not have kids to not have kids really like we're being oh, absolutely we have had people say that to us like that's selfish don't you want to raise them and teach them and things like that and it's Do like they have kids right okay well they're just trying to justify their own like life decisions yeah, yeah. right um I, I i got a little bit of a different perspective sure only in that kind of taking a bigger picture the the whole idea of you hold a belief that that i don't um this is the concept is, is right it, it, the subject's a little weird but i'm a huge fan of of music right and i'm i'm a i'm a i'm a, a music historian mostly of the 20th century right okay you're a music dictionary let's I, be real i okay whatever <laughs> Pop culture even, right? Like, okay, the stuff that I grew up on, stuff I just love and have embraced my whole life. I'm a bartender, and I work at, uh, have worked at Eminem Brewing here in Northfield for a while. And uh, when I started working there, um, I was working with, and I was, you know, right around uh, late 40s, something like that. Um, started working with kids that were just coming out of college, right? And I was making references to bands and even like, you know, something like Star Wars, right? That these kids like were, it was- Glazed they, over. They had no idea <laughs> what I was talking about, mm -hmm. right? And it actually made me angry at yeah. first because it made me feel irrelevant. Oh. Absolutely. Right? So I, I, I think fundamentally that's what we're talking about. The world is changing and people who have had these deeply held beliefs mm -hmm. are now starting to feel irrelevant yes. in today's world. Which is very common right now because like I've heard so many I can't even give you specific statistics on this, but like so many younger people, like twenty five and younger, are leaving religion. Oh yeah. They're like, gone. They've been gone. <laughs> so many of the younger generation. Like I would actually categorize 30 and below. Yeah. <laughs> um, religion is gone. Like, because they're seeing through, <laughs> lack of better cliche, holy smoke, right. that is being blown. Yeah. Like, they see through, pardon my French, but BS. I mean, that that, that is, I think, has been a, a, a an issue with uh, the church and different denominations for a long time. You look at what's happening with the Catholic Church right now and, 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 and the things that are coming out of the Vatican, mm -hmm. yeah. right? The way the Pope is now saying things like, well, maybe this whole homosexuality thing isn't the worst thing that ever happened, right? Didn't he also just eat with or dine with a trans? He I may well have. I would pay attention to You're fine. You're fine. It says the woman of God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is fantastic. But I get it. I Now, I just, I happen to be a fan of this guy, not because. He's pretty cool. Not because I'm I'm Catholic or, and I. I it's just fascinating. Boy, I am someone who struggles deeply with faith, right? Um, but this guy's a reformer. This guy is. Um, trying to change things he's trying to save his institution mm. i really believe that right he wants to bring people back yeah he does he's really trying to connect with the younger generation and what's going on in our in society like i think he like i think you hit the nail on the head yeah yeah i injected myself into this conversation no you're fine um so if any if you had any advice for the younger generation 
whether that's male, female, trans, LGBT, whatever, cis, straight, all that stuff. And if anybody was struggling with religion and mm-hmm. faith or any, any, com- what's the word I'm looking for? Um, connection. What would you give? Um, I would say I would start with any place where you can't be your full self is not a place where you're going to grow and it's not going to be a place of safety. So if you feel like you're holding back, even just your personality outside of any kind of gender expression or Mm -hmm. sexuality, that's not going to be a place where they care about who you are. Right. And leaving those spaces is really hard, but I think when you can step outside of that and like truly feel like you can be yourself, that's when you actually connect to your own spirit and you connect to what is spiritually life giving and nurturing for yourself. And that truly should at least be the goal of all of these religions, right? To connect to beyond what we can see, right? That's the life source that we all have and like the things that we feel when we're in nature and everyone does have that. It can be hard to find it when you are having to dim yourself and contain yourself. Putting on a mask yeah, to please others. For sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With, uh, with your job at, and what you do with hospice, mm-hmm. have you ever been judge not on your sexuality but because you're a woman probably i mean yeah i'll say yes for sure just women in ministry is still a very um taboo weird place to be yeah like at necessary <laughs> it is <laughs> necessary you. it is very necessary <laughs> yeah i mean you hit the nail on the head it's very yeah, necessary it's necessary and in conservative circles there's still places that don't allow women to preach and so it's not really a very progressed area so yes i meet people who aren't used to it um i haven't had any like outward like aggressive discrimination thankfully um i think i am mindful of it so i do come in very um gentle and soft and listening and that's not really my personality outside of work (laughs) But it's okay. Right. That's what I get paid to do. <laughs> exactly. So since you've never seen that, I'm guessing you haven't even seen homophobia really in your... I have. Oh, you yeah, have? Yeah. Okay. I've had um, patients who are um, boomers and older who definitely um, talk about how wrong it is. And, and in that moment, I have to kind of ask myself, like, is this for me to talk with them about because usually it's it's older people looking at current events and freaking out right yeah so i do hear it and it's frequent and it's just part of kind of maybe that growing empathy of like where is this coming from that's what we always ask um when you're like in a chaplain and you're doing this kind of spiritual care is like where is this coming from what part of this person is saying this and like how can i help them grow basically is the question wow yeah it's hard it's it's a very (laughs) balance hard to balance that i'm sure because like on a personal level you're just like here let me school you on this i would never do that 
unfortunately it just goes against um really anything that you learn when you're learning to be a chaplain but outside of outside of that work, yeah, sure, yeah sure 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 yeah yes yeah but inside work it's like i gotta check that yeah yeah i think it definitely informs how i see people who are homophobic outside of work too because i just know that it's their internal um conditioning that's like freaking out what about family have you ever had to teach or educate your family on such actions yeah um i think i try to keep that to a minimum because that's not my responsibility um <laughs> i need to take a note on that because sometimes i feel like i get sure. get my foot stuck in my mouth because well, i try to fight it you i mean we have very different lives you are very much like in the public eye and doing lots of things that are like queer focused yeah, yeah totally totally so i think with my family i found myself saying like we're just like any other couple i try to be sensitive because I want to keep those connections, but then you're also like balancing your boundaries because it can get really hard. Well, and boundaries is something that I'm learning. Yeah. And creating those boundaries with friends, family, coworkers, whatever it is, it's a hard balance. It's really hard. Mm-hmm. And being the stubborn Norwegian <laughs> German person that I am, it's very hard to hold to those. It is. Or to not overstep. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. There is definitely a sense that we have to do all the work and like we're the ones who are like taking all the hits. But I think once you kind of establish those boundaries and clear that space, then people who are really loving and accepting of you can come fill in and that takes time but i have i have experienced that happen it's funny you say that we have to do it and i'm coming to the point where i'm just like i'm sick and tired of doing the work yeah absolutely if you want to learn pick up a book yeah go do your research well there's so much out there there is very readily available and at this point when it comes to both, I think, like, race issues and sexuality mm-hmm. issues, there really is no excuse anymore. No, there isn't. <laughs> to not be thinking about it, aware <laughs> of it, like, educated on it. There are so many opportunities. And I think people of color and queer people really can just kind of put that burden down because at the end of the day, this is not for us to fix. It Right. Yeah. We can continue to answer questions. Totally. And, like, be active. Yeah. But it's... Like but it shouldn't be our sole <laughs> yeah. purpose in totally. life to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We can answer them, but it's not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You hit the nail on the head. Can I, speaking as a uh, white, cisgendered, straight male, play devil's advocate? Who's married yes. to a witch? Who's married to a, thank don't God. Don't forget the witch. Right? Uh, don't for, don't, Shout okay. out witches. Hey, okay. Annie. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, you guys shouldn't have to do all the work. You guys, you get you, you know, you queer folk, yeah. right? <laughs> right? And 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 and, the, and you all, you minority folk, right? Here's the thing: um, if you don't at least start it, oh sure, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, now I and so it's got to come from somewhere. The other thing is this: I would like to think I consider myself to be an ally. Right. Totally. You and, are now. You are. Just and, the fact that you're doing this right now. <laughs> <laughs> 
But at the same time, and I'll speak out, I, I don't have any problem talking to anybody about this stuff at all. Um, in fact, I should say this. We're on uh, Public Airwaves, KYMN Radio. Anyone who wants to uh, disagree with this, come on in. I'll put you on the air. We'll talk about it. You're probably not going to enjoy the conversation, but I will put you on the air. Absolutely. I have to, I have to say that. Um, as an ally, I can say all everything I want to say and, 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 and stand up for the idea of, 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 of uh, civil rights, right? But I, it's not my place to talk about the experience sure. at all. Right. True. So we need to hear. But you're not afraid to learn from those. Oh, Lord, no. Right. Like you, you and I have had very honest conversations with each yes, other. Yes, we have. And yes, we have. We both have educated each other on multiple oh, situations. No question. Yeah. I've learned a ton from you. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but but um, it's just not, you know, we need your leadership, I guess, is what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I can understand where you guys are just like, you know. History is on the side of progress, mm-hmm. right? And 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 I think you know we can look down the line, maybe not that far down the line, and and see the day when this is no longer an issue. Homophobia is no longer an issue. Maybe maybe even racism is no longer an issue. Maybe. But if we don't have that conversation with it with all of us and if 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 the people who are being discriminated don't take some leadership um we're not gonna get very far i totally get that you guys are just frustrated as hell and just want to throw it say you know what it's your own you're ignorant it's your problem you gotta fix it It, right i mean that is a very key to it but like you said you know we have to start somewhere and if we look back i mean marcia p johnson a black trans woman started the whole Stonewall riot. Mm-hmm. You look at as we continue over time, there has been change. There has been things. We have marriage equality now in the US. Like we continue to grow. But what the scary part about it is we've done all this work and now it feels like we're going back to 1946. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, a, 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 a really good friend of mine uh, very recently told me that uh, recently told me that spirituality is not linear. Um, neither is progress. True. That's true. <laughs> yes. You know, yeah. I mean, we take yeah. a couple of steps back and then we, we, we move Correct. forward. Correct. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, that is very factual. I think the part that's really frustrating right now for me, and I'm speaking only for me, is when you have continued to educate and you have answered questions or you continue to try to push forward, it gets very old mm-hmm. and it gets very draining, draining yeah. and emotional. And it's to the point where it's like, I have done 10 years of X, Y, Z. I need three months off. Yeah. You need three months of just educating yourself. And I think that's where, when you talk about, we're not going to continue to educate. It's like, we need to protect ourselves. So we've done all this work and we've had our boundaries and we've done all this stuff to, to grow mm-hmm. and we've grown so much, but now it's like, I just need to breathe. Yeah. Like, and there's a difference between educating somebody who is going to debate with you and someone who's going to listen to your perspective. Sure. Absolutely. And I think debating, I think we're all done with it. Like I think 
there's not really an argument to be made about who I am and who you are. Right. Um, it's more of like, are you open and willing to hear about how I feel? And if you're not, then I don't need to have this conversation. And when you are, I'm open to it. But if it's harmful to me, then I need to take some space. I actually have a story to go along with this. Let me, this is going to be a tangent, Rich. Mm. Um, so I, and then we'll get to the letters because I, I know we we're got, fine. we got we're some fine. really good questions in these letters that were written in. Um, I have experienced someone in my life that I have grown to like and become friends with, but in the beginning, I didn't know how to navigate that friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, this person is a father. Um, this person is a white cis male married still high school sweetheart all those things and when i used to work with this person and this person actually was very homophobic didn't like homosexuals didn't trust them because they had a very uneasy experience so he categorized homosexuals in one category which were a negative This person has now since become a friend, a client, and he has grown to learn and accept others for who they are. Um, He even said he's like, I was afraid of homosexuals because I was basically forced on like this homosexual was flirting and doing all these things and trying to get this person to react. So it was a negative experience. And when he said that happened, it turned into, I couldn't, he didn't like homosexuals. And now he has come to a house party of ours. He has seen me in drag. He has come to fundraiser events. He has done all these things. And it's very fascinating to see how he's taught his children even now. And now I have had open conversations with these kids about consent, about love, about relationships, about religion and how to navigate the world. And these people are not religious as far as I know, they don't go to church or anything like that, Mm -hmm. but I do think they have a faith underlying belief. Sure. I don't know what that is and I can't speak for them, but this person to see someone who did take the time to get to know me and Mr. Moxie and really tap into the unknown. It kind of goes back to what we've said in other episodes where when you sit in the uncomfortable situation for so long, it becomes comfortable. Sure. And he now is comfortable to talk to me about these uncomfortabilities and his unanswered questions. So, Yes, it is our duty to help others grow. But like Mia said, there is only so much we can do. There's only only so much capacity that you have. Right. Like we're not an endless stream of queer knowledge. Like we have to right. also. Which is why rest. it takes a village. It does yeah. take a village. Right? Yep. It takes it takes more than just you, Mox. It takes more yes. than just you, Mia. It takes more than just Martin Luther King. Right. right. It, it takes, takes way more. Like they may have like Martha, she might have, you know, laid the, the groundwork, but and started the whole movement back. Mm-hmm. What was it? 68, 69, 60, uh, 69, 69 um, at Stonewall. I mean, she may have done that, but 
we're now in 2024. Yeah. We're still doing the battle. Mm-hmm. We're still having those moments. And whether that's a protester for a drag show or someone who's protesting a church belief or whatever it is, mm-hmm. it's still going to be there, unfortunately. But what we can do is learn from our past and learn and grow from there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is heavy. This is a heavy, <laughs> heavy show. Thank you for being part of this. And I'm sorry. I don't know if your emotions are like mine, but mine is like a roller coaster I, today. <laughs> I'm here for it. This is great. Let's read a letter. Yeah. All right. Let's go to letters. And now it's time for Letters with Moxie. All right. Uh, Dear Mrs. Moxie, growing up, I saw a lot of homophobia and discrimination in my church. I have since left and haven't returned. How do you reconcile? How do you reconcile the institutional homophobia encouraged and abetted by almost every denomination of the Christian religion against your own sexuality, and/or the sexuality of those you love? In my life, I also continue to be there for all people in my life and in the world showing grace and kindness to all. How do you challenge others in regards to homophobia slash transphobia in your day, in your day-to-day life? Do you actively incorporate the concepts of love and acceptance of the LGBTQ plus community in your preaching? Or do you passively wait for others to bring these topics up? Sincerely live long and prosper. I can't, I can't. <laughs> the Spock thing, I yeah, it's I, I love I, yeah yeah here Spock. <laughs> um, wow, loaded. We're, we're all like forming our hands and yeah. the Vulcan thing. Wow, <laughs> that's a loaded one. It's a lot. Well, it's a lot of it's a lot of conversation. That's for sure. It's a lot of conversation. There's three there are three questions in this uh, right in this letter. Um, and we answer quite a few of these. I'm not gonna lie. Um, and I guess it's a little different for you because you're in hospice and you're. Yeah. You're not really preaching to the community. But I guess, what advice do you have, Mia, for that? What stuck out to me was I actually don't really think that you can reconcile institutional homophobia. Um, I think that having that expectation that these places are going to flip on a diamond change is not really... I don't know. I think it's a little bit unrealistic and finding spaces that are welcoming and accepting is really like the priority. Um, what do you think when you say finding these places, do you think, how do I put this? Do you think there should be like a network that actually promotes diversity in these buildings that they study? Like, I know for businesses in Minnesota, there's like this thing, it's called Queer Spot or something like that. So you can go onto this website and it will say, what is queer friendly? Yeah. Do you think that could be something that we could work towards? There are websites like that for churches. Is there? Okay. Gay Church is one. Okay. That um, does exactly that. Yeah. And it kind of lets you know like who. So then you can still practice religion, but you're in a safe building. Okay. Yeah. I just think... Yeah, I think reconciling it within yourself and then just continuing to be in these harmful spaces is not ideal for any queer person because you're not going to be able to actually connect to your spirituality. Right. When you're doing that. Yeah. Wow. And then the second part with challenging others, I think it goes back to what we were saying like 
yes, we want to challenge others, but we need to also pay attention to what that's doing to us. Setting those boundaries. Yeah. So it's definitely a moment by moment thing. And I know that a lot of um, affirming churches do speak out about this a lot. It's in the preaching. It's in, it's very obvious. It's something that they're very vocal about. I mean, Pastor Cindy has done that. Mm -hmm. I remember we went there and um, usually her welcome, I think it was at Christmas when we went that one time, right? Correct me. Um, Didn't she say all are welcome here, all race, all gender, all sexuality are all welcome in this church. Yeah. And God loves, you know. Yeah. It was a very, um, it was a very just like holistic message of acceptance. And this is a safe place for anybody, regardless of all of the societal trappings that we put ourselves into all the time. Churches that are safe are going to be really outspoken about it because they know the harm and the fear that goes into people having attended churches that are not affirming. So I would say if a church is not saying anything, that's a problem. Very good point. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. That's a right very there. good point. I never thought of that, but I really, that is yeah. solid. Like if, if they're not advocating it, then yeah. Well, if they're not advocating it, they're probably not. Um, they're probably not affirming truly because some, some churches will come off as affirming. We accept everybody, but they're not. That is, that is, that is so true. And I know of a church like that. (laughs) And I know people that go to that church and I'm like, you can't tell me they're supportive when it distinctively says in their mission statement. Yeah. 30 years ago when I was a student of St. Olaf college, uh, part of the, uh, evangelical Lutheran church of America, um, there was this thing. Uh, the, uh, that they introduced called Reconciled in Christ, yeah. which at the time, I have to tell you, um, you know, as maybe maybe as a snot-nosed 20-year-old, like, change the world right now kind of guy at that point, it felt a little bit, it felt a little bit like lip service. Mm-hmm. It also felt a little bit condescending. But you just put, you just, you hit the nail on the head. They were saying something yeah. right there, just in and of itself. That was... Okay, uh, Pastor Benson, I, I apologize for every horrible thing I, I, I every every horrible thought I had about this back in the day. Because you're right, God bless them; they were saying something, they were yes. doing something. Okay, all right. So, bottom line, to answer those questions is seek out places that are welcoming and affirming. Yes. Um, they exist. They even, do exist. Even down here, I was driving into Northfield, and the Universalist Church was the first thing I saw, and I was like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yep. Which is a very fun church we've to. <laughs> um, with religion, I think it's a journey for everybody. Mm-hmm. And bottom line is conformed religion, there is always going to be those issues in multiple avenues, but finding the, the space and the, the, the speakers that fit what you want is the key to success when you want to be part of religion. Yeah. And I think it goes beyond even want. I think it's like what you need, need, like for your safety, because for queer people, like a church should be a place of fueling you. Like it should be filling you up so that you can go out into the world and live your life. Not break you down. Yeah. And just the, 
the walls you put up when you walk into a non-affirming space, I don't think we really realize it until we leave. And then we're like, wow, this is really different. Very. Mm-hmm. Just playing Thank off you, of, Live Love, Long and Prosper. <laughs> <laughs> just playing off of something you just said, a, a church should not be breaking you down, yeah. nor should it be breaking anybody else down. Correct. All right. All right. Moving on. Next letter. Dear Mrs. Moxie, being raised Lutheran and also having taught Sunday school, I'm also wondering if there are LGBTQ plus people identified in the Bible or other religious texts. If so, please share. If not, how do you convert LGBTQ uh, people to your religion when they are not represented in religious texts? Also, while I was involved with the church, I would often hear the phrase, hate the sin, but not the sinner. Is that an appropriate sentiment? What are your thoughts? Thanks for being here for our community. All the best. Papa, don't preach. Love. Wow. (laughs) That's a loaded one. We're going to be here for hours. (laughs) That's a loaded one. Okay, so I don't know the Bible enough to talk about, like, I don't want to say character because it's not a character, but scripture that include LGBT. Do you know of any? So I'll start with this. There are barely any women perspectives represented in the Bible currently. So, no, I mean, you're not going to have an LGBTQ perspective because you don't even have perspectives from women because the ancient culture was man. Men are superior. Yeah. Yeah. So that being said, I know people who think Jesus was gay. Mm -hmm. I won't like agree with that or deny it, but there's a lot of speculation, but it's not going to be outlined like because the perspectives that are there now. Well, not only the perspective on sexuality, but let's talk about race. Like if you look at where it actually like comes from, like Mm -hmm. he is not a Caucasian. No, I hope no one thinks that (laughs) still. Like like, I'm not trying to be like controversial or anything, but like it's the truth when you look, that when you look at, well, some people would think it's controversial, but like when you look at geographically where all of this started, mm-hmm. that is not the case. That guy was not a white guy. No. He was not a white guy. No. 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 Unfortunately for some people. It's the American lens. The yeah. blonde Jesus. Right. The making it reflect us. Or the uh, the, the, the Anglo-Western yeah. lens, right? Yeah. 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 Totally. Um, I think there are a lot of books and resources out there that explore the LGBTQ perspective in scripture. Um, I don't have any off the top of my head, but I do know this is a topic that lots of people are talking about just because I think people, I mean, I don't know. People are realizing that there are a lot of perspectives, including that of women that are not in the Bible. It would just stand to figure, right? I mean, it, it's not like there weren't gay people in the right. time of Jesus. Yeah. Right. I mean, because or, he was for the underdog. That, he was right. for those unfortunate or mistreated or misguided people. If, he was there. If homosexuality is here today, it was here 2000 years ago. It was yes. Here right. Yeah. Ago, Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And it was such a different context. Like even women, um, they had to rely on husbands just for survival. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. in that situation, well, marriage was also basically a, what 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 word was it called? It was a contract. Yeah, yeah it was like a contract. Yeah, yeah. like it was like a business transaction. Mm-hmm. It wasn't actually oh. like 
your love. It was a business contract. The idea of romantic love wasn't introduced until the 20th century with industrialization in America. Before that, it was purely contractual. Yeah. It was, I mean, women have dowries for mm -hmm. a reason so that they could basically be seen as a viable option for a man to right. marry because they're bringing something to the marriage, to it, the bank. It, it really was a sort of a concept of, of social security. I mean, yes. it was because it was about, it was about, uh, um, well, yeah, I mean, there was the business thing. We're going to m merge our houses together, right? But there's also the whole thing about how, you know, and this is where, by the way, this is where you guys get really selfish, but but just for yourselves. <laughs> I'm kidding. I think I'm kidding. But it was about, um, you know, when I get older, I have to have people who are going to take care of me. Sure. So I'm going to have to take a wife and we are going to have to. Uh, procreate. Ha procreate so that there are n new people that are that are able to take care of me when I am old and infirm. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. that was the you idea. Become an indentured servant to your parents. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically, the, the concept of 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 family, right? Yeah. I mean, that, I think you're right. I mean, it's weird to think that that romantic love wasn't introduced until the industrial revolution, right? Right. But you're right, and 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 the idea of family as a nurturing nurturing um, unit probably happened right about the same time. Absolutely, because if you think about it, before then, our worlds were so different mm -hmm. in terms of how people survived. Yeah. You know, we were a largely agrarian society. Mm -hmm. And sorry, I know I'm going down a history rabbit hole. No, it's cool. good. Let's go, but let's go, baby. I'm, I'm in. Let's yeah. go. Context is everything. Context is yeah, in, yeah. In history, this is why I emphasize know your history. Yeah. Because you need to understand how people used to live and mm -hmm. how they operated so that you can have a better understanding of why the rules and the systems that we still operate by, which is kind of silly, existed and came about. You know, I mean, it's, it's important to know these things, but also to understand that people had to do things the way they had to do them back then for a reason, but that doesn't mean that we have to live by those rules today. There it is. I also want to talk about one other thing in that letter. Hate the sin and not the sinner. Let's talk about that phrase. Okay, yeah. What is sin? <laughs> okay, let's go there. Mia, give description on what is a sin. So, we all do it. Yeah, I think this is very um, subjective to people's upbringing, um, their family, their church, it's just such a different, you could ask five different people and they would all have a different definition, right? Personally, um, I think sin is anything that hurts someone that causes a wound. So me getting married to a woman, I don't really see how that hurts somebody. Um, that's been a question that we both me and my fiance have been asking our families because they want an apology and it's like well wait, wait wait tell me go back go back <laughs> all of a sudden I, rich you have the same expression that yeah. i have your family's asking for an apology they, by the way if your family is listening to this i'm just curious like it's okay yeah like yeah they're asking you to apologize mm -hmm. they're hurt so and they haven't been able to articulate why and i take that as they're hurt because we're diverging from a path that they had to grin and bear it and stay on. So uh, back to the question, like sin to me is what hurts others. That's why this is so hard is because doing a drag show is not hurtful to anybody. Like 
Correct. <laughs> even though, even though people say we're hurting and we are demise of society. Yeah. Like I don't know. It's this phrase is really triggering. I think to a lot of people because as I like jump. Yeah. At that no, no, no. It, to I, talk about this because yeah, I'm like, well, what? It's very popular and it's been weaponized. Oh. Yeah. I think this is just me speaking out loud. I think it's a fear. Oh yeah. It's not actually that you're hurt. You fear something that you don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fear of the unknown and fear of something that's not your experience. Or fear of what others are going to think of you because of someone else. Sure. Mm-hmm. We should, well, we should. Society should be far beyond this by now, right? For real. But <laughs> um, I think that we should probably do a show uh, about homosexuality in and of itself and and this concept of oh god help me for even saying the word recruitment right um that's because that's what we're talking about here that's why that's why uh so much of this uh, so much of those so many of those protesters showed up at the at the gospel show because you had uh uh there was there was a uh, a family component to the, to the show right and there was children yeah yeah yep. yeah and and it's it, it, this whole thing of indoctrination and and uh, but I, yet you want to take your child to Hooters. Yeah, I, <laughs> there's so much indoctrination that happens. Uh, Correct. Like, oh, on co- both sides. Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders, come on. Right. Like it's it, it's a much larger topic. Yeah. We really cannot get into it, today, especially at, you sure. know, at this point in the show. Right. Yeah. But you hit a nail on the head because I I actually think that would be a really cool conversation mm-hmm. to have because I think, would, I think it would too because that's one thing that I find so fascinating on the protester aspect is it's all about they're ruining the children. They're grooming. They're doing this. They're doing that. But yet you're the parent who took them to Hooters. You're the parent who bought the Dallas Cowboy cheerleader poster to put on their ceiling. Like you're talking about all these situations. You're the parent that's teaching your kid to hate other people. Correct. But we're selfish because we don't want to have kids. Well, we're just like opening an, an alternate avenue. The visibility of it is what scares people. Right. Yeah. It's the fear. Yeah, it is. It, it, it's a lot of what protesters or homophobia come from. It's fear. Mm-hmm. Fear of the unknown. Fear of what. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that question really does hinge on like, what do you think sin is? And why do you think that if it's out of fear? Because sin might mean, like you said before, it's different to every person in every religion. It's different. Mm -hmm. Just like how praying is different in multiple different religions Mm -hmm. or worship. Um, Wow. I'm like baffled right now. (laughs) (laughs) I am baffled. I I, I think we've, uh, we've exhausted the conversation at this point. I just hope that people who listen to this episode or these episodes, because this is a two-parter, um, can really sit and think about whether they are practicing religion or if they're practicing spirituality or have nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I'm not, I shouldn't say nothing because nothing is not a real thing because they, they have belief in something, I'm sure. Um, I hope they can sit there and really think about what their communities are doing and what their actions are and what the words that are being said because whether you like i know people who go to church 
to a specific church because they like the one pastor. Sure. Mm-hmm. They like common. the yeah. they like the one speaker. Mm-hmm. They may not agree with everything, but they like the one person. So for me, I think when it comes to I don't want to say follow, but yes, follow. When you follow that, you have to know that you have to stand behind that person and believe full heartedly what they're saying. You can't just like 30% of what they do, but you follow them even though you disagree with the rest. Because that's not fair either. Right. I think that's a struggle for a lot of people is that um, they do feel like they can pick and choose not only what's in the Bible, but what they're hearing from churches. And the reality of that is that that is harmful to people at the end of the day. It is. And when you just said pick and choose, that reminds me of how, oh, you can pick and choose. You can't eat shellfish on this day. You can't do this. You can't do that. But because someone is homosexual, that's the end all be all. Mm -hmm. Like, no, no, no. You can't pick and choose. It gets complicated. It very. Yeah. But a lot of it comes down to fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the unknown. Mm-hmm. We wow. need some music. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I hope you learned something because oh, I learned I a lot it. today. Yeah. I this learned is a great. lot today. And you know, thank you, Mia, for coming down. Of course. Down and thank being you. This. I know this has been a different avenue. Oh, I loved it. But yeah. I hope um our listeners really took something from this. Mm-hmm. I don't think either Ryan or I intended to get involved in this conversation, but it's such a good conversation. So we couldn't good. help ourselves. It was. Right? Yeah. yeah. So. Um, you guys are really doing the work. Thank oh, you. Thank you. Thank you for being part of the of work. Of course. Of course. And, you know, thanks to listeners and yes. yeah. KYMN for doing all this mm-hmm. because without these conversations, we can't grow no, and move truly. forward. No. So, no. Um, before we go to the song, I want to thank Mia Franklin for coming down again and, Mr. Moxie for bringing the donuts and coffee. Um, and <laughs> I want to thank for, definitely for the donuts and coffee. And Mia, thank you so oh, much for being you. here. This was a really, this was thank just you. fantastic. And really I'm sure we'll you. see her around in our yeah. community too. Good, I hope thank so. Thank you for being an ally. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Um, it's my and Rich, thanks for producing. Well, you know, you know, you know thanks for always bringing that other side and always willing to yeah. um, have these conversations and grow and be part of this change and all that so it's huge gives a voice and visibility it, all right yeah. absolutely um so let's talk about the next song yeah as we close out actually before we close out we need to talk about something else oh we gotta talk about yes we moxie have moxie gras, gras. Right. we have moxie gras coming up so february 17th we have moxie gras at the grand event center um it is a full day um starting at 10 a.m we have drag brunch at the grand event center we have a wonderful cast coming out to do a wonderful show for you all. We we just want this to be a fun-filled, lovable day of just forget your problems, forget your worries, just enjoy it. And then at night, we reset and 7, a. 7 p.m., the doors open back up and we have a masquerade ball. You do not have to come dressed in formal. We encourage because it is a ball and we want it to be a masquerade and we want it to just be fun. We also have games upstairs I'm hoping to have like a poker table, some beanbags and stuff. So if you don't want to dance, you can go upstairs and hang out in our lounge. So that is February 17th. Um, Tickets are on sale on Eventbrite. So please look up Moxie Gras on Eventbrite and go get your tickets. Again, February 17th. Can't wait. 
What day of the week is that? It's a Saturday. Saturday, fantastic. Saturday. Okay. So I will be very exhausted. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, we have me and Lexi D are hosting the whole day together. Um, my sister from another mister. Love her dearly. Um, so yes, get your tickets for that. And then back in coming up in March, I will be back at Imminent Brewing with Game mm-hmm. Night. We are taking mm-hmm. time off from January and February. So, but March, I'll be back at Imminent. Because you've got, you've got some, uh, some away time you've got to go enjoy too, don't you? I do. We get yes. to go to the Dominican. That's outstanding. Yes. Yes. Hey, Mrs. Moxie, I have a question for you. Uh-oh. How much are <laughs> tickets for Moxie Gras? You know, just in case they need to do a little budgeting. Okay. So for the tickets for brunch, it's $20. $20 to get in. Um, brunch is separate, but your experiences where the cast will be serving you breakfast. We will have a photo booth. We have just a whole new environment of warmth and love for you to experience. Um, You're going to be performing too, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah, We're going right. to be doing a show and everything. But before the show, we are actually mingling with the audience and going around filling coffees and being there with the community so that you guys get to really have one-on-one time with us. I think I'm going to bring my mom down from the cities to, to that would go be to the fun. brunch. Yeah. I can't wait to meet her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, She's going to love you. Yeah. She is. And then at night, it's $20 to get into the dance as well. And like I said, the dance, we have the game lounge upstairs. We have the dance downstairs. Um, there's going to be drinks flowing and yeah, it's just going to be a really fun time. And if you want to go to both, it's actually a discounted rate. So it's 30 if you want to go to both instead of 20 a piece. So you get a little, save a little bit that way. Um, again, February 17th at the Grand Event Center. Awesome. Um, now, I think that's all I have to do for self-plug. Wink, wink. Um, <laughs> so again, all all that we're involved today, thank you for tuning in to Out in the Open with Mrs. Moxie. Moi. Um, and we are closing this show with one of my favorite, favorite singers of all time, uh, Mickey Guyton. Tell me about Mickey Guyton. Okay. She has stolen my heart. <laughs> um, me and Mr. Moxie went to Nashville a few years ago, yeah. and I discovered her on the drive down. And there's we did a song of hers in the Christmas special, everything. She is for diversity. She is a black woman in country music, which is a huge thing in itself. Right. She also believes in rights for the LGBT community, diversity, inclusion, all those things. She actually is a mentor on, I think it's called Pure Country. It's a, a music competition show that's produced by Reese Witherspoon. Mm-hmm. Features Orville Peck as well. And she um, goes in and mentors these younger singers that are coming into the scene that are very different, that cool. are non-binary or different race and gender, all those things. Um, but she's a wonderful soul. She actually competed on American Idol too. She never made it to the actual show. She did the auditions though sure. and got to the final round, but didn't make it on. Um, again, can't mm-hmm. talk about Mickey enough. Um, this song is called I still pray. Um, again, I'm not super religious, but I think everyone can kind of relate to this, whether that's a faith aspect or just mm-hmm. self belief and everything. So without further ado, this is Mickey Guyton. I still pray. Folks, Mrs. Moxie will be back again next month. First Monday of every month at 8 p.m., not 7 p.m. anymore. We are switching times. And uh, uh, because, you know, prime time, right? Exactly. (laughs) And uh, uh, yeah, thanks everybody for listening. And we will talk to you guys again next month. XOXO, Mrs. M.
But they just can't find 